Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to the Hope Wellness Podcast. I am your host, Marissa. And in this podcast, we are diving into everything from the effects of diet culture and how to free yourself from it, body image struggles and healing, and provide you with some no BS nourishment truths. And today I have the beautiful Kyla with me, and I am so excited to welcome her on because I swear you are my soul sister in another life. And I've said this before, but it's so true. Um, Your energy is just amazing. So thank you for being here, Kyla. Mm, Thank you. I feel so similarly. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I know. Right. It's the energy there. Um, so Kyla is a Numa somatics breathwork facilitator, a blissology yoga teacher. Um, she's a certified embodiment and wellness coach, and she's also trained in integrative somatic trauma therapy, which are all incredible things that I am so curious about. And we're going to talk a lot about today. Um, so yeah, we're going to get into a lot about breath work and just how you've kind of shifted your life post fitness industry and how breathwork mm-hmm. has kind of taken your journey into another direction, which I love. And it's still crazy to me how many similarities we have, um, just with like competing and body image, um, issues that, you know, we've moved through in our lives and our journeys. And I think we talked about this the last time we met up, but just how I didn't realize how much we had in common with the bodybuilding even everything down to like the supplement company we were sponsored through. Like it's just so wild. Um, and how we were connected to through Michaela, who is also, I'm going to have her on here too, which I'm excited about. But I remember she, we kind of met up and she was talking about breath work and you. And I was like, what is this stuff? Like, what is breath work? I've never heard of it before. Um, and obviously in the last year, I've really honed into more of that inner healing. And so I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like I want to try it. And then the rest is kind of history. When we first met at the, at, what was it like two weeks ago? It feels so much longer, but I like, <laughs> I like hugged you and I was like, I feel like I know you, which is, doesn't happen often for me at least, but yeah. So I just, I love that we've been connected and I'm so happy that you're here. Um, tell us a bit about your journey and just how you came to find breath work and yeah, just, just all the things. Mm-hmm. All the things. Okay. Uh, yeah, we have so many similarities. It's so funny. Um, yeah, so many. I, yeah, so I sort of found my way into the gym when I was like, 15 or 16, maybe probably 15. Um, my mom was always like doing different fitness things and we would do like aerobics videos in the living room together and like, you know, all the things. And when everyone was deciding like what they wanted to do out of high school, all my friends were applying for college and university and they're like, I want to be this. and I want to be that. I legitimately, there was nothing I wanted to do other than fitness. I was like, I don't like, is this lame? Is this even a possibility? Like it it was long enough ago that I, I didn't know if it was a possibility. Um, and I was really, really blessed to have two parents that although like parented separately, they co-parented really, really well. And both were on the same page of like, don't just go to university to go to university. Like, what is it that you want to do? Take your time. There's no rush. And, um, 
really supported the idea of fitness and they were just both of like, give it a whirl. And if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And so when I was 18, I started, um, <laughs> teaching aerobics cause that was a thing back then. Um, and I hated teaching aerobics, but I knew that I still loved the aspect of the fitness and of the people, mm-hmm. but I didn't like, I didn't like the aerobics piece. So, um, I, I did that just to get my bearings. And then actually my mom got quite ill and passed away and I quit everything. And so I took about a year off of studying, of practicing, of, of life really. And, um, and then when I pulled myself kind of back up and into the real world again, I actually applied for nursing school. I don't think I told you this part. Um, my mom was a nurse and she was incredible at it and everyone loved her. And she just was such a warm hearted, loving being. And, and we had really sensational nurse staff during the loss of my mom. And so the idea of nursing felt really important. I was like, I need to be a nurse. I'm going to go to school for that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it required doing some, I needed to upgrade my math. I needed to do some things. And so anyways, I applied for the program. And then in the meantime was in school doing all of my prerequisites for the training. And, and then I got accepted to the program and just was in this like really deep depressive, like really unsettled space. And it was my dad who pulled me aside and was like, oh, my dad's like a man of very little words. He doesn't talk a lot. He doesn't like tap into emotion. And he's like, Kyla, you have never wanted to be a nurse. This is not what you want to do. You want to do fitness, whatever that means. And that's what you should do. Mm-hmm. So I was very grateful for that conversation. Um, and so I dropped out of the program. And went back into my studies and finished and moved to Victoria and just like uprooted everything and yeah, started working as a trainer and quite quickly, actually, even before, even before I started working as a trainer, I started competing. And for me, that was the one thing I could control. I had just lost my mom. Um, my high school boyfriend and I had been together for many years. He was away He's playing professional hockey. So I had no mom. I had no boyfriend, really. I had nothing. I was in a town. I didn't know anyone. I moved to a town. I didn't know anyone. And so this idea of competing was something I could control. And so that started that roller coaster, which really actually went like over 10 years on and off of competing and um, started working with a supplement company (laughs) that you also worked with. I worked with Magnum Nutraceuticals when they first started. And it was a ton of fun. Like it's a fun company. It's a really fun team Um, in an environment, unfortunately, that for me just reinforced all of my insecurities that I already had as a young woman. Fitness is a really hard industry. Um, And then adding on the idea of competition, (laughs) like you say it out loud and you're like, it's a competition about your body. Why the actual F? Why the actual hell does anybody volunteer themselves and and pay copious amounts of money to do it? Oh, yeah. To just be told, like, your body isn't good enough. I just don't even understand. And, like, 
bowing down to my friends who are still doing it and still like kicking it and having a good time in life. I don't know how they do it. And isn't it funny when you're out of it? I know like, yeah, like you say, some people are still in it and that's great if it works for you. Cool. But for me, at least being out of it now, I'm like, yeah, how did I do that? How did I think that was fun? And then, yeah, like you said, all the money you spend just to have your body. (laughs) It's like, what are we doing? Oh my God. I know. I know. Um, and I remember describing it like I had a great time, I, I think, when I was doing it for the most part. I remember describing it as like prom for adults. I was like, it's like adult prom in a bikini instead of a dress because there is a lot of like, there is some fun, glamorous aspects to it. Yeah. But the root of it really was um, a recipe for disaster as to how I felt about myself. Right. Um, yeah. And so anyway, so fast forward many, many years of competing and training clients to compete and many fitness expos and traveling around and magazines and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. I started teaching yoga, which was the beginning of my shift. Like as soon as I started teaching yoga, there was this like, Oh my God. So when I would finish, let's say teaching a, a group fitness class or a personal training client it was always nice. There was always hugs. There was always gratitude and like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And the energy was really good because I knew people were choosing to be there with me and they were having a good time and feeling good about themselves. But when I finished teaching a yoga class and I'm inviting people to like slowly rise back out of Shavasana and slowly come back into connection with their bodies and witnessing people crying and just feeling like so safe to be here in their fullness, Mm -hmm. that was different. That was the moment that started the like, "Mm, I think there's something else for me. I just got like chills too. Yeah. So sweet. It's such a beautiful feeling. And so, yeah. So yoga is still really important to me. Um, But after a few years of that, I was invited to a breathwork session by my acupuncturist who is awesome. And, but at the time I didn't know what breath work was. And because I was teaching yoga, I assumed breath work was like the stuff I was doing in yoga, you know, like breathing in for four seconds, holding for four seconds, releasing for eight seconds. Like I can do that all day long. So I, I kept like putting off the invite and anyways, for whatever reason, finally one night I went and it like completely shifted my life in an hour, like completely changed everything. Mm -hmm. I like without diving into like a ton of it, it, it changed everything. There was this, and I know that, you know, because even from last night, I just know a snippet of your share from last night. There's a knowing that comes in that you're like, Oh, Oh, I'm actually okay. Yeah. I, I don't need all this external stuff. Like I have it right here. Holy, I swear. Yes, please do. Holy holy shit. Like it's always been there. And so there's just this knowing that came through in this session. And I had another really powerful experience with my voice and, and the ability to use my voice, which for me as a woman has been really hard. And the women in my family for, you know, centuries. 
And I had a really powerful experience with using my voice in this session. And I was just like cracked wide open, crying, feeling like sad, joyful, excited, um, aware of like ancestral pain. Like it was just this all encompassing feeling. And I left and I said, who is your teacher and how do I do what you do? It was this like very clear message that like, this is what you do now. This is what you do now. This is the work. You can shape people's bodies externally. Sure, you can do that. But if you're not tapping into the inside, you're not really doing much. You're not like, I felt like I wasn't contributing to the world if that was all I was doing. And I want to pause there and reflect for those who work with people in their physical bodies. It's an important job. It needs to be done. And I applaud those who are doing it in a good way it wasn't where I needed to be anymore. And so the direction shifted. I knew from the beginning, I wanted to be helping people. And so for my first 15 years, that meant helping them with their physical health and wellness. But through that, I was able to even like, I was getting stories and personal information from these people, like what people feel confident sharing in their trainer. Um, for me anyways, it's big stuff. And so starting to see like, oh my gosh, there's just so much more involved into why this person is stuck in their physical space where they don't want to be. If someone wants to lose 50 pounds, there is so much more involved into what is holding them there than what they assume. And then the yoga started to unfold that a little bit more. And then the breath work, it was like, okay, there's like a whole other world. I love that. (sighs) That's amazing. That whole, like your whole journey just gave me chills because I think it's so amazing too that what it sounds like is throughout your whole kind of finding where you needed to be in terms of what you're doing now you had that knowing in you like you knew there was something more and you were slowly getting there and that's I find that so amazing Mm -hmm. thank you and then even with that like you just saying that I know that there's still more like this isn't this isn't it. This isn't where I stop. There's more, whatever that is. Uh, I, I feel that's so hard because, and I am much younger than you, but it, it doesn't feel like we have an age gap, but in the sense of maybe I definitely do look up to you because it's almost like I'm at this starting point maybe of where I want to go, where you kind of like have that same path. Um, Because even for me, like even just a year ago, I was in such a different space and it was like I knew deep down there was more for me and I wanted to go in a different direction, but it's so easy to shove those feelings down and not listen to your gut and not listen to your intuition, but it's there. And when I finally listened to it and got a bit quieter and whatever it was, um yeah and now it's like I'm on a completely different journey and I love it and like you said it's kind of a never-ending wherever it takes you kind of thing yeah yeah and I want to honor like what you're doing with the industry and in the industry because what you're teaching is is what has been missing right it's like what you're offering has been the missing piece right And I didn't know what you know when I was in that industry. And that would have been a game changer. So I'm really great. Like when I say like there are people still doing the work in a good way, it's you. It's people like yourself who are, who are, you're combining 
the physical body with the emotional body. Like you are inviting people to really take a deeper look. And I just think it's so beautiful. And to even daydream about where that might even expand to is really fun because it could really go in a 10,000 different directions. Um, Yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you for saying Mm -hmm. that. Um, Of course. Yeah. So where do we even want to unpack things? I feel like there's so many directions we can go in. Let's talk a bit about breath work firstly, I guess. So I experienced my first one with you two weeks ago, which still feels crazy because in that, in the last two weeks, you have also opened my world in different ways because you've also connected me with other individuals who are on that kind of healing modality, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just allowed me to slow down so much more and listen to what I need and know, trust the process, know that I'm on the right path and yeah, just be more present. So for me, the last breath work that I did, I feel like I went into it knowing kind of what I wanted to get out of it and knowing that I can't control what I want to get out of it, but having that intention, which you helped a lot with because you're an amazing facilitator, like you Mm. helped guide us through it but also in the beginning you just mentioned so many valuable things to know going into it because for someone who's never done it I was like what do I expect like you said it's I felt I thought it was just going to be breathing in for four seconds breathing out for eight seconds whatever it was but it's so much more I don't know I guess you can speak on that more I don't know how to like describe it really but for me, it was just a big release of emotions. Like I was crying a lot. I felt um, a lot of pent up energy, especially in this area, like in my chest and in my stomach. And it was just all floating around in me. Um, So a big release. And then the shaking, which I want to talk about too, like the the tremors, I experienced that. Um, So maybe let's just give people an idea of what, not like what a typical breathwork would look like, but what are some things that some people might experience or that like for my intention, let's just use it as an example. I just wanted to release suppressed emotions from a breakup and just from emotions that I thought I had dealt with, but I realized I wasn't actually moving through sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the type of breathing there's so like breath work is becoming really popular, which is awesome. Um, and there's so many different modalities and practices and styles. And so the breath work that I facilitate is conscious connected breath work and, um, in the same lineage, same idea as holotropic. If anyone listening knows the, or is familiar with holotropic breath work. And the idea is to invite us into more of our subconscious body, our subconscious, uh, energy space. We live day to day in our conscious. Everything is very conscious. We're very aware. We're thinking, we're doing, we're thinking, we're doing, we're thinking, we're doing, but all of our stuff, (laughs) our old stories, old habits, patterns, our hurts, our wounds, our traumas, our, our everything, everything is stored in our subconscious often goes completely missed and ignored and suppressed for lack of a better word. And so when we shoved down, totally. And so when we step into these practices that allow us to um, kind of settle in and surrender into the subconscious, what has been stuffed down 
now has room to come up and to be moved through so that it isn't being held anymore. Um, now that can, when people hear that, that can be really um, off-putting or a little bit scary. Like, well, I don't want to deal with that. I shoved it down for a reason. And I understand that. And the question is, if you like, where is it? If you're shoving it down? Well, it's in you. I don't know where it is, but it's in you. And so it's still yours and you're still holding on to that story. And you totally have the choice to hold on to that story for the rest of your life if you want to, but to acknowledge what that will mean for you, what that will feel like and how that will direct your life, right? How does it feel to hold it? Probably not very good. And so would it be nice to not hold it? Would it be nice to let it leave the body so that it isn't your story anymore? And then to create the space for what you really actually truly want. And so when we step into these practices, yeah, some stuff can come up. Some emotions can come up. Some movement can come up. Um, and, and I also, and I always say this in a, in a class or in a, in a session is that your body is so wise. Your systems are brilliant. And what comes up is only what you can handle. It's only what you're ready to see and to heal and to nourish and to let move out and through or through and out. Nothing that you can't handle would ever surface, nothing. And uh, so it's a really nice invitation to surrender into the trust of your, of your whole being, of your physical body, of your subconscious body, of your spiritual body, of your energetic body. It's, it's beginning to build the trust in that relationship. And when you talk about releasing these like pent up stored emotions of, for a lot of us, it's past relationships. That is a big piece, whether that's family relationships, romantic relationships, relationships with self. Um, yeah, it's, it, you know, because we're so used to holding them in and keeping them stuffed in and down, like we said, it can be a little bit hard if it's your first breath session to give that full permission for that to come up and through, to be really open to releasing that. It can be a little bit hard in the, in the beginning. And so the idea too, is to be really gentle with yourself and just to hold zero judgment, to invite yourself in as if you are like a three-year-old version of yourself. Be so gentle. Um, I love how you use the word, sorry to interrupt, but I love how you say surrender Mm. because it's so applicable in the sense of we want to control so many aspects of our lives and Mm -hmm. it's a chance to let go. And that's honestly the hardest part sometimes is just not having control or not trying to have a specific outcome because you really just do have Mm. to let it flow, like you said, kind of. Yeah. It's definitely, um, (laughs) it's the one, it's like the one, well, there's many things we can't control, but there's a lot of things about our physical self that we can control. And one would think that the breath would be one of them, which in a lot of cases it is. In this particular practice of breath, the idea is to not try to control it because you actually can't control the subconscious stories that are going to move through that is part that you can't control and that can often be the first struggle and so 
the way that the breath moves is that we breathe through our mouth and the inhale is where we really kind of draw the attention. The inhale is vibrant and full and like represents life. And so we're really calling in life, but the exhale is the stuff that just, we don't need, we don't need the exhale. So the invitation is to practice your surrender with the exhale. So maybe your first session, all you're doing is just building that trust of like, I can surrender the exhale. I can surrender the exhale. So what it might sound like for someone is so the inhale is your focus. The exhale is like, eh, doesn't matter. Yeah. Think about like lifting a feather off the ground as your inhale and then dropping the feather and just watching it kind of fall down. That's your exhale. And so for some of us, we just stay there and we practice that surrender. We practice releasing control with just the exhale. And then maybe in your next session or maybe in 10 sessions down the road, you're able to release the control and the grip of those emotions you've been holding, right? So it, it, it doesn't have to happen all at once. It gets to take its time. Our body has been in protection mode for a very long time and it will continue to be in protection mode when it needs to. And so let's just say we have a relationship that's five years old that we're trying to heal from. That's a long time to have been holding. So go gentle with yourself and know that maybe in this hour, I might not be able to like, let it all go. Right. But maybe I can even just soften the grip, right? Maybe I go from hundred percent gripping to 90% gripping. And then maybe next time it's 75% gripping, you know? It's being really gentle. It's a reminder for me to be really gentle with ourselves. We're very tender beings. Yeah, totally. And isn't it interesting how full circle, especially your story has come to being 100% trying to be in control of your body and all of that. Mm -hmm. Now look at where we are mm -hmm. trying to release control. That's amazing. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's very full circle. And I still all like often find myself really trying to control my breath practices right and I'm like no because we're human like that's just what our brains yeah. want to do yeah so what true. they're designed for yeah that's mm. um yeah that's just yeah breath work is so I find it so interesting and um for me yeah I just I got so much out of that first session and for a lot, a lot of it that I got out of was just the release of the control because I felt a lot of me, I'm very type A in certain situations. And so I want to be like good at something right away or whatever. And I caught myself and I told you this last time we chatted that through the breath work, there was a few snippets where I was almost trying to quote unquote, be really good at it or whatever that looked like, or um yeah again control it and really control the outcome and it was when I was just like nope Kate like just focus on your breath let it flow and when I stopped trying to be so in in tune and just really like let it do what it was going to do that's when I had some messaging coming in or just you know I guess what I needed to kind of release finally like you said was loosening the grip a bit so mm -hmm. even last night, we just did another breathwork session and same thing. I was kind of getting in my head at multiple times where I found the first, and you can probably um, 
explain this better too of probably every breath session is a little like is different right it's never going to be the same every time so and yeah. I and I tried to remind myself of that because my first one was so the whole time I felt like I was on this journey and so the second one last night it was different in the sense of I was kind of in and out of it which it was I was still getting a lot out of it but I, I was getting frustrated with myself because I was like why isn't this the same or why am I not just in it um but again, every time I just released and was like, okay, hey, it's fine. Cause you even reminded us, even if you're not maybe getting what you expected to get out of it, just let it be a chance for you to rest and breathe and be calm kind of. So I tuned back into that. And every time I did that, that's when things would come up for me. So it's just the letting go piece is so hard, but it's so empowering too. Yeah. And even in that too, like there's just lessons in every single aspect of it. So um, even that, like the lesson in, if you find yourself just constantly like, come on, Marissa, come on, like, you know, whatever you're saying to yourself, that then gets to be a reflection after of like, okay, where else am I doing that in my life? And like, how does this version of myself show up and how does it serve me? Mm-hmm. Probably doesn't. I mean, it does for some reason, but we really get to look at that. And then without naming names, we had someone in last night's session who was speaking on um, the inability to use their voice because we were doing some toning, right? Some, ah, some making some sounds, release energy. And we had actually a couple people who felt like they couldn't do that. And that was really upsetting to them. Mm-hmm. And so again, the lesson there is like, well, where else am I not feeling capable of using my voice? What else? Where else? Like there's just so many lessons Um, and again, in a session, we talked about this last night where if we come in with this like big intention and like, I want it to be this epic thing, like it was last time and maybe like, quote unquote, nothing comes up. It's probably the lesson and the message of like, what you need right now, sweet one is to slow down. You just need to slow down and be held and rest. It's okay. Um, and I've had that, that's been a message for me. Cause I am similar to you and like, I want to do all the things. I want to control all the things. I want to like do this and do this and do this and do this and create this and do that and do that. Right. Like sometimes you just need to stop. Yeah. yeah. That's often the hardest part is the release, right? I know even just so many of the women I work with, we feel so guilty to rest or to prioritize our self-care or to Mm -hmm. put ourselves first. And that's just another thing that breathwork has given me is the, it's opened my eyes to the fact that if I, in my gut, know I need a day to just myself or, and maybe that's not always feasible where you can just have a day to yourself. But even if that just looks like taking a bit more downtime or getting outside in nature or just slowing down whatever that can look like for you, that can feel so hard, but I think if you do feel resistance to that, it's almost exactly what you need. Like you said, hundred percent. Yes. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so I just want to like briefly touch on what I experienced last night because mm-hmm. I felt it was so powerful and I just want to preface it as like if you ever do breath work don't ever compare yourself to someone else's 
whatever they experience because it's it's going to be different for everyone and like you said that's exactly what is supposed to happen for you is going to happen for you but for me last night was interesting because like I said I felt a lot of internal resistance and it took me a bit to release it and let it go whereas the first time I felt like it was a little bit easier which I thought was interesting too Mm -hmm. um and so this time I again had clear intentions and a few things came up for me so I let go of a a lot of emotions again that I've just been kind of hanging on to um so there I felt like there was a pretty good release there and then in the middle of my experience it was kind of cool because I hit again this roadblock where I was trying to control and I was like hey why isn't it happening the same way and I just kind of released breathed through it and all of a sudden I kind of dipped into a more visual aspect of it so I felt like I was walking on a beach maybe or I don't even know really where I was walking but I was just in this clear space and all of a sudden there was this tree and I was like oh this is interesting so I go up to this tree and I just hug it and uh, and then I started to cry because I was like this is so uh what's even the right word accurate I guess because I've been told recently to go ground myself and go hug a tree and if you've been watching my stories, you'll see on Instagram that I've been at the beach a lot and putting my feet in the sand because I've been grounding myself. And so this message to me was almost like, I'm finding my inner tree in the sense of I have everything within me and I can find that grounding within me because for the last year, I've just felt, I don't really know how to describe it, but I guess a little bit like I got the rug pulled out from under me because my whole life has kind of changed. So that to me was huge. Um, And I think you made a comment too of like, that's kind of what is nice about breathwork is you can realize that you have everything within you, like that message. Yeah, that message has been such a, (laughs) I've had that message. I've had it a few times um, in breath work where it's like, and it, for me, it, it has come right at the end of like often a struggled breath, a breath session. And then all of a sudden something like pulls together and there's this full body awareness. It's just like this knowing of like, Oh my God, I, it's all right here. It's all right here. And I've had that feedback from a few people where that they're like, I've just realized tonight that like, (laughs) everything I need is inside. Like to hear that coming from people, that is if every human on the planet recognize that like their, their answers are right there. Their healing is right there. Their medicine is right there. Their wisdom is there. Everything is there. Like, could you imagine what kind of a world we would live in? And so even if like a fraction of a percent of humans are recognizing this and tuning in and getting clear on that message it just ripples out it just ripples out and so yeah I kind of consider it like the the uh, how would I word it I I don't know how to word it but it's like to me like I fist pumped when you said that last night so I'm like that is it yes I have done, I have done my job by inviting you here because I don't do anything. This is not anything to do with me. This is just you and your breath, but like, yes, yes. It's so powerful. Like I, I just started crying when I felt that because it was just, 
I just saw a tree and like, I just knew. So that when you say it's that knowing that's Mm -hmm. so cool to me. And it also brings me back to the fact that we even were connected. I maybe never would Mm -hmm. have experienced that. And I feel like I, I was on that journey in a sense, but to really hone into that and um, see it in that light was, yeah, just really huge. And I think it also relates to, for anyone listening to the body image topic too, which we talked about mm-hmm. of like your external appearance, appearance um, whether it's you're trying to lose weight or you're trying to look a certain way, or you, th- you think you need to look a certain way to be happy or feel all these good feelings. It's never going to come from changing your body really it's all inside of you it's the inner work mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's just it like let's talk about you know let's say someone was really bullied in school or in their younger years and that those emotions and memories have been stuffed 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 stuffed, stuffed and um or all you you know what I'm going to use an example of someone I know and um and the story, because it, to me, really makes it clear. It's very, very clear for me. Um, somebody I know was uh, sexually assaulted at a young age. And so they decided to make their body as unattractive as possible so that nobody would want to sexually assault them again. And so they ate and they ate and they ate and they ate and they created a very large body for themselves in hopes and in trust that no one would want to touch them, which did not work. And so losing the weight and changing their physical body won't do anything because those stories and beliefs are still in there. Mm -hmm. So until that is worked up and out and through, and you're no longer holding that, it will not matter what size this person's body is if they are still holding those beliefs and stories. And so that to me is exactly what you just said. And that's how I would like put that into a picture. If we don't do the inner work, the external is irrelevant, irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I bring it back to, and you can probably relate to this also, but in the times that I was my leanest for shows or expos or whatever it was, when I was my absolute leanest, barely any body fat, and you would think like, oh, if I'm you know lean and whatever, this idealized thin body that society tells us will make us happy, I should be happy, mm-hmm. right? But in those moments for me, I was my most miserable and it was never enough. I got that point when you, when you all, when all you're searching for or chasing is that external body or losing more fat or whatever it is, it's never enough. And Mm -mm. I always just was even more self-conscious or I would pick myself apart even more. And that to me now that I'm out of that mindset, like I realized it was so much of the inner work that I was just ignoring or mm-hmm. maybe not even aware of because I was mm-hmm. young and just wasn't in tune with that part of myself yet. But yeah, it's, it's inner stuff and it's the messy, hard work, right? Like that inner, yeah. inner part of it is so hard to sit with or deal with or move through. And like you said, even the breath work is some, like it's work. Someone said last night, it's work, but it's also fun, which is so true because you, I think you said it's like a workout. You don't really want to do it sometimes when you're in it, but afterwards you're like, oh, I'm so glad that I did that. And yeah, that's, yeah. It's, um, yeah. What you just say, it's, 
like that's our shadow work. Like people hear the term like shadow work or shadow self. And it's the stuff that we push down and don't really speak to. That is our shadow self, which is still our self. Like there's nothing that is still a part of our whole self. And, you know, through the dark is the light. And so if you want to get to a place of like really all encompassing, I fucking love myself and I'm awesome and life is great. You're going to have to move through the dark. Like you're going to have to go through the night to get to the day. You have, you have to, you have to. So true. Like period. And so your shadow self is not bad. There is literally nothing that you could do as a human that takes away your innate goodness. Even if you've murdered someone, I might get flack for this. You as a human are still innately good. You have done a bad thing but that doesn't define you. Mm. And so you can move through your darkness and your shadow. And there is still like, there is still an infant there with a beating heart and an innocence. Like you are still good, no matter how much shadow you feel like you're carrying. Mm. And so to find, to meet that part of you, to meet the good of you, you're going to have to clear through the, the, the dark stuff. And yeah, it's messy and it's hard, but doing it with support can make it a lot easier. Yeah. And it's so worth it too. Like so worth it. And I can even like bring that into also just when someone's on even just your nourishment journey or when you're trying to learn a bit about nutrition and maybe how to eat to feel better and maybe you're working on your fitness and all these things. I find we're so hard on ourselves, right? Like if I have so many clients who will do maybe one thing and we label it as bad or like I was so bad or all these things. And it goes hand in hand of like, you can't mess anything up. Like you're either learning from it or you're working through it or Mm -hmm. opportunity. So you can shift that mindset no matter, I feel like that applies to every corner of life, whether it's your fitness journey, whether it's through breath work, healing trauma, um, I don't know, your job, like anything really. If you just look at things from a perspective of, okay, I'm human, Mm -hmm. I'm going to make mistakes. Yeah. But also mistakes are an opportunity in a way because you're learning, you're growing, you're shifting, you're evolving. Like it's actually kind of beautiful when you can look at it from that standpoint. Mm -hmm. And that's the outlook I've taken with my injury that I'm going through because it's been a long friggin' journey and it's frustrating. It's been since August now. And there was so many months where I hit that wall of resistance where I was pissed off and I felt like my life like I was just wasting my months away being injured and I just had such a bad negative outlook on it and then I mean I did start to go to therapy and I started to shift that a little bit and then I just feel like this work too it's just all repurposing that mindset into something like what is this teaching me what can I gain from this it's actually kind of beautiful how I've moved through it and grown. And so, I mean, it's hard to shift that mindset 100%, but just working through those things and yeah, just kind of knowing you can't fail and you can't mess up. That's a huge shift. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I get like, I keep talking about little children, but that's really what we all are at the end of the day. Would you ever shame a little child as they're learning to walk and falling and tripping over things and knocking? No, no, you wouldn't. You'd be celebrating every little hurdle and every time they got back up. So when you are walking through life as a 25 year old, 35 year old, 65 year old, and you trip up, like where, why? (laughs) How is that different than a 10 month old tripping? You know, yeah. we're no, there's no handbook. We don't know how to do this thing. We're all figuring it out as we go. And yeah, to look back and be like, oh my gosh, that thing that I did, that was really hard. And I was miserable and really like pushed me into my next level. Like without that, you wouldn't be where you are right now. Mm-hmm. So giving thanks, like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of those struggles. Holy heck was that hard. And look at me now. Yeah. It develops who we are. You know, like without all of our stories and all of our, you know, curious choices that maybe we've made. And without those, we wouldn't be who we are. So true. And so how dare we shame ourselves for tripping? It's just yeah. so hurtful. Quote of the day. Yeah. And I'm saying like I'm saying that to myself I'm like oh my gosh how many times have you been so hard on yourself yeah yeah and to add to that too I feel like a lot of us are so hard on ourselves because we feel like people are judging us or it's again that external validation right like we feel like we need to act a certain way or be in this certain role or whatever it is but also we have to remember everyone's just focused on themselves like everyone is so concerned with their own um little hiccups or whatever it is um so you really have to just live your life for you and do what's best for you um and I was gonna say something else I can't remember what it was now but I want to touch on the my injury a bit and just how I mean, I've learned so much through that, but even just last night, um, and I want to touch too on storing emotions because I didn't know anything about this. I had no idea. I was like, no, it's just, it's an injury. Something's going on physically there with my muscle tissues, basically. And that's just the way Mm -hmm. I was about the whole time. And then the more I started to get into this world, a bit more of the inner healing, I had so many people telling me, well, are you storing emotions? Are you fearful of something? Are you holding on to something? And I was like, well, I don't know. I'm going to therapy. I feel like I'm working through whatever. And someone even mentioned to me too, was like, cause I got into a car accident right before this injury. And someone was like, oh, well, are you holding on to that car accident? I was like, oh, I don't think I am, but maybe I am. So it's just all these things came up for me where I realized what if I'm just storing a lot of trauma and emotions and fear and whatever it is in this area of my body. And last night was so cool for me because there was a point where I had my hands on my stomach, which is where my injury is. And again, I just tried to let it go. I wasn't forcing anything, but all of a sudden I just felt like this energy flowing through me in that area only. I couldn't tell where my hands started and my body started. And it was just really, I can't even really put it into words. It just felt like this energy force in that area. It was kind of tingly and just, 
Yeah, it was almost like if you can picture like an energy ball, it felt like Mm -hmm. that was just kind of circulating through my stomach. And Mm -hmm. it showed up for me as no matter what I'm holding on to, I can release it. And that even though I might be in pain sometimes or I'm still working through this, like it's okay. I don't have to be in a rush because I feel like I've been putting a lot of pressure on myself to just heal. Mm-hmm. rush to be better I have all these things that I want to do in the next couple of months so I'm like oh what if I'm still injured for that and I just have all these things that I'm probably putting up that roadblock even harder that resistance right mm-hmm. so that was a chance for me to just be like okay it's actually fine like this is your body it's on your side um mm-hmm. yeah that was interesting for me the stored emotions in the body I find so interesting Yeah, it is pretty wild and it goes deep. Like you could really like rabbit hole it. Um, And, and different directions you could take it as well. And so if you think about the chakras, because that's pretty common, a lot of people are familiar with the term chakras, they're just different energy centers in the body, but they each represent different um, energetics and emotional um, properties. So like as an example, our root chakra. So first chakra down at the base um, essentially like in between your, um, in between your genitals and your like per, uh, perineum. So right underneath your, if your, if your spine went all the way through and you were to touch the bottom of your spine right there, that houses our sense of safety. So like sense of safety in our home, in our world, in our body, um, relates to like financial stability, like real safety, stability, grounding, sense of home, sense of like, I'm okay. And so for any of us who maybe grew up in a household where money was really not easy, money was hard, or we were moving houses a lot, or we didn't have a home, or we came from a split family and we were here and then there, and then here and then there, and then here and then there that is probably going to show up a little bit in some root chakra stuff. I won't go through all the chakras. Sacral, moving up a little bit, sort of sitting in the area of our sexual reproductive organs is um, like our sense of play and pleasure and sensuality. It's like really like, even just like the sense of touch and sight and smell, but like also like sexual pleasure, Um, creativity. I think I said that childlike, like real, like, yeah, freedom to like express and play. And so again, if, if any of those were like no-nos when you were young, if there wasn't play, if you didn't see people having fun, if, if you were, you know, this is a really common one, but like particularly little boys figuring out that they have this thing and they start to like touch it and play with it. And then they're shamed. Don't do that. That's bad. Like, no, 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 no. That is sending a very clear message that that is not okay when in fact it is okay. Um, and so looking at that, or if, if you're a really creative child and you're like, oh my gosh, there's like fairies and aliens and there's dragons and, and whoever was around you was like, that, no, like get your head out of the clouds. That's, uh-uh, that's not real. You know, it's those sorts of experiences that are gonna then kind of shape how that space is in our system. And so depending on, I'm not going to continue to go up, but I, you know, happy to talk about that another time, but depending on what we experienced in our younger years, yeah. Injury trauma could show up in these places if there is an imbalance. 
Um, and then, and then we also have our right side, left side, masculine, feminine. And so if we have, let's say, uh, let's say a right shoulder injury, let's just say as an example, well, our right sides are masculine and it could, this could mean a thousand things. I'm just going to bring one kind of just to the forefront to think about, are you holding the weight of the world? Are you, maybe there was no men in your life to support you. Are you feeling like dad wasn't around or there was no uncles or grandfather or big brother? There was no men to support you. And then you feel like you have to like hold the weight of that masculine energy to support the family, right? That could potentially be something to look at. Um, it could be so many other things, but I'm just sort of, you know, dropping little, little ideas. So yes, we can store trauma and patternings in our body that relate to like way back, way back. We can hold stuff that relates to like ancestral stuff because it's been held in the family. Um, and also in the idea of like, okay, being in a car accident. Yeah. Our body, so the difference between the human body and an animal body I mean, there's lots of differences, but what an animal will do when there's been an instance of trauma or shock or uh, something dramatic has happened, an animal will shake it off, completely shake it out of their system and they'll carry on unwavered, just carry on. We hold, we clench, we tighten, we come in, particularly in a car accident, whether you've witnessed it or you're in it even witnessing a car accident, our response is like, (gasps) and then we hold it. Oh my God. 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 And we hold it and we allow it to sink in. Mm -hmm. And then if you're in the car accident and I've been in a few, your body is like getting jarred around and then is in this like freeze protect mode of like, Oh my God, am I okay? And you're just like locking that trauma in. Whereas if we can allow some movement, and so in breath work, I invite movement to come through. Honestly, like a daily shaking practice, wake up in the morning, put the clock on for five minutes and just shake your whole body. Mm-hmm. You don't even need to know what you're shaking out. Just shake, allow the body to start unraveling, to start letting go of the pieces that we don't even know that we're holding on to. I yeah. love shaking. I have started to do that a little bit. I do want to get into that routine. Um, yeah. It's so freeing too. It's just such a, it's also fun. Like start your day with some shakes. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. But that's the piece too. It's like, sometimes we don't even know what we're holding on to, which mm-hmm. is wild. Cause for me, I had, I had no idea. I was like, Oh, I'm fine. Like I'm talking about things moving through it, but nope you're holding on to a lot of stuff. And I think that's pretty valid for a lot of us. And that's kind of, again, getting back to that. We're so almost conditioned to suppress things and have that control. We're not, it's not a normal thing in society to just, you know, be out and about and you're not going to see people like crying or working through things in the moment. It's like they're holding that Mm -hmm. in, whether that's they're releasing it, you know, in private, um, which is obviously good, but I think so many of us just hold on to things. And like you said, up here, like holding it all in here. That's when I, when I went and saw Julie, who's Julie's amazing too. Mm-hmm. She also said, she's like, I feel so much fear in your chest. And like, you're just holding everything up here. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like I didn't even think of that, mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. That, that fear. So yeah, our bodies are amazing. 
And like with that fear, and I'm, I'm only saying this because you referenced a breakup, like that's your body protecting your heart. Right. Right. Because that hurts. And so our body will do what it needs to do to protect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Like, I feel like I, since meeting, you know, I'm just going to go deeper and deeper into stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. I find it so yeah. interesting. And so on that note, I also want to bring up the Oracle cards because oh, yeah. we didn't do that the first breath work session. And it's funny. I was thinking about it, how it just like, again, timing, but it, I don't even think it would have made sense if you would have brought the cards firstly. Whereas the second time I pulled this card and like, I might start crying talking about it, but I pulled this card and it was the Puma. Um, I'm just going to open up my notes here because I wrote some things about it, but it was the, um, I know this isn't necessarily going to be recorded, but in the event that you ever use it, this was the card. Yeah. The totemic Puma power awakening. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was funny because you, you spread them out on the floor and people started grabbing them. And in my head, I was like, okay, I'm just going to go look at these cards and whatever speaks to me first, I'm going to grab it. And I think I looked at the cards for a millisecond. I really didn't even look at the whole lineup. And just this one spoke to me and I picked it up and it was this freaking Puma. And as soon as I turned it over, I just felt, I don't even know what it was, but I was like, this is my card. And um, it's a beautiful card too. Like just the image is, I was like, wow, this is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. But I just want to read what it kind of symbolizes. I just wrote a few notes because it's so relevant to what's going on for me. And like I touched on how I was experiencing a lot of fear that I didn't know a lot about. Um, I went through a lot of self-doubt in the last, I would say, year or two. Um, and even when I went and saw Julie, who's another, she does another form of kind of healing, inner, inner, inner healing. Um, she also, she brought up the fear thing for me and that I, I just need to ground myself and know that I'm safe. And so actually one affirmation I've been saying to myself all week um, is like, I am safe and like, I trust the process of life. So I've really just been trying to tune into that piece of it. So this Puma, um, some of the notes that, I mean, there's like a big kind of dialogue there that they give you, but and we'll explain what the oracle cards are too. But so this Puma, um, it says, you have come into your power. And then this one's crazy. Don't let fear or hesitation hold you back. And I was like, oh my God. Um, another part was like, let go of old ways of viewing yourself as incapable, scattered, or wasteful of energy. And that hits home too because for so long I felt like my voice didn't matter or I couldn't be myself with my emotions or I was never heard um, in the last couple years of this relationship that I was in and then um, trust your sense of timing have patience and then so this morning when we we were texting because I asked you to send me more of that passage and the part that you sent me, I literally just bursted out crying because it was like, wow, um, this is insane how relevant it is. But the, the part that made me cry was um, to say out loud to yourself this, this part, your presence awakens the power within my soul 
and I leave doubt and fear behind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like what? And then this part also, it is not a question of if, but a question of when. And I think that's the part actually that I started to cry because I have always yeah. said that to myself. I've always, mm. whether it was in my business or whatever it was, I've always said, it's not a matter of if, but when. And the fact that that was in that mm-hmm. passage, mm-hmm. Kyla, what the heck? Is a reminder that you have all the answers within. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that just gave me chills. Like just the fact that it was so much to do about fear too, for me was, mm-hmm. wow. Well, and like the puma, like those big cats, those like, you know, I don't know if I want to call them predatory cats because, you know, they also have gentleness. They are fearless. Like those big jungle cats are fearless. They will take what they need when they need it. Yeah. And again, it's not, it's, it's a matter of when, not how, when. And it's funny you brought that part up too, because there is a part, I didn't write it down, but there is a part in that passage too, that kind of said, um, there is that fearlessness and you know, when to take action. And then below it, it says this might, you might feel like this doesn't sound like you because maybe you've dealt with a lot of self-doubt or like, you can't trust your intuition or all these things, but you are moving into that space now where you can trust yourself and move with that stealthness and trust in the timing and I was like what like these are all <laughs> things that I like are just all the messaging I just find it so interesting so let's just explain a little bit about what the oracle cards are just so people have a reference mm-hmm. and they're not just like what are these people talking about right now <laughs> yeah yeah So oracle cards are, what most people will see is both like oracle cards or tarot cards. And I own tarot cards, but I don't, it's like a whole other language to understand tarot. But essentially what the cards offer is a different way to work with your connection to to spirit or to your connection to your guides or to universe or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the, the truth of the matter is every human being is intuitive. Every human has uh, like a, a very clear relation to their intuition, to universal intelligence, to your, you know, whatever you want to call it, God, Buddha, uh, your spirit guides, like it doesn't matter what you want to call it. It's all something of a higher power. And we all have connection to this. There was a woman in our breath session last night who's like opening up to being like really in tune with her spiritual, like psychic abilities, which we all have. Mm-hmm. However, most of us, thanks to the society that we live in, have shut those down hard and fast. Mm-hmm. So what the Oracle cards offer is like a really gentle way to just even start communicating with, I'm going to use the word spirit because that's what I tend to use. And so with the, with the cards as an example, so, I mean, I know this isn't, maybe people aren't going to see this, but I have a deck of the cards in my hands. So there's lots of ways to work with them, but the way I work with them, and we don't need to go into a whole, a whole thing about them is I'll shuffle them. I'll hold them and I'll shuffle them. And um, I'll just ask, I'll check in with spirit and I'll usually ask something like, and I'll ask it usually in my head, but 
is there something I need to be focusing on right now? Is there a message I need right now? Like, what is it that I need to know? Like, tell me what I need to know. And then sometimes a card will fly out. Like this one just flew out of the deck. And that is a very clear sign that that is your card. And sometimes you'll, you'll cut, you'll like cut the deck and pull a card or you'll, you'll lay them out on the floor. Like I did in the breath session and just take a time to look at them and feel into which card is pulling you towards it. Trust it. Don't second guess it. Trust it. And then there's a bit of a message. So like as an example, the card that just flew out is a really big word that I don't know if I can pronounce, but got it. So you pulled the number three card. I pulled the number four card. Can we talk about the fact that before we started the podcast, Kyla was shuffling the cards and we were talking about them again. um, And she pulled my card again. Yeah. I did. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So I've pulled this card before. It's the goddess of Teote Hukan. So it looks very African. She guards the waters of life. Hmm. Um, And this is saying basically sacred mother has come to you in honor of the important work you have to accomplish as a creator of consciousness, a free thinker and a seeker of truth. What original healing stories will you give birth to in your life and in this world? If you've become dried up and depleted, the divine mother brings you nourishment. Let the inner well of your soul be filled with her presence. It goes on for a long, like this particular book um, gives a lot of insight on each card. So I'll read this after, but you know, people have different practices with the cards. Some people will pull a card every day. Some people will pull a card along with like the moon cycle or along with their menstrual cycle or just one a month or like kind of whenever. Um, I enjoy bringing them to breath ceremonies so that people can like tune in and start that deepening relationship right then. And then often the cards will really support the intention and really like hold good space for you. Yeah, exactly. So Oracle cards are really fun and um, there's just unlimited Oracle cards out there. So, um, you you know, they can be kind of addicting, but they're also just a really beautiful way to just play with your, just play with your relationship to spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I think Mm -hmm. just kind of closing on all the things we chatted about, really just getting curious about what's inside of us and kind of being okay with sometimes quieting the thinking mind like you say Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. just trusting which is often hard to do surrendering which is often hard to do Mm -hmm. and like I said before being okay with slowing down because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of the women I chat with who are busy either working moms or they're entrepreneurs or the list goes on um we're so go, go, go. And we've almost been, it's almost rooted in us that we feel we need to earn or deserve rest or play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's just, that's part of what we need as humans. Like we need those things. So it's okay to slow down and take time. And I know for me, I don't know if you feel this way too, as kind of in the entrepreneurial space, but I always felt like if I took a rest day or a day off of my business or a day just to myself, I was like, oh, well, my business isn't going to grow and I'm going to be a failure or I'm not being productive. And it's like, it's okay to not constantly be doing something, which is such a hard truth. I feel that so deeply in my soul. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the, you know, that's the masculine energy of like, go, 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 do, do, do. And the feminine holds that space of flow and slow and pleasure and dance and movement and rest and surrender and receiving. And so just remembering, like tap into both, like do the things when they need to be done and rest when you get to rest. Yeah. Yeah. Tuning into when you need rest is huge because I always used to just ignore that and just push, push, push. And then that's when you burn out. So Mm -hmm. tuning in, listening and yeah, just slowing down. Yeah. Yeah. There's time. We get to slow down. There's so much time. There is so much time. I love that. I love it. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kyla, for joining us. This was absolutely amazing. I feel like you give me so much energy every time we connect. Um, Mm. And I just love you so much. And I've known you for like two weeks, which is (laughs) (laughs) like, I swear we must know each other from a past life or I don't know. I would agree. Yeah, I know. Two weeks. That's so funny. You keep saying that. No, but yes, but yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're crazy. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for having me here. Of course. I'm sure we'll, we'll do it again. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You're, you're coming back. <laughs> We're going for coffee soon. Bring those Oracle cards next time too. <laughs> I, I will. I will. I, I will. Love okay, well, I love you. I love you too. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Give us a like and a follow if you enjoyed the podcast and go slow down a little bit. That's our message today.